Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Peter chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, In the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, He went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while building the ark. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved. Through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. There are a number of uh, instructions for relationships here concerning relationships between husbands and wives. 
people often look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 and following for instructions on these kind of relationships, but they're not the only ones in the Bible, and Peter has some things to say about marital relationships just the way that uh, Paul did. They're certainly not contradictory. They're in agreement with one another, but Peter actually gives us some information that Paul doesn't provide us with. And so in verse 1, we read in 1 Peter chapter 3, wives... In the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Now, that's Pauline. Paul teaches that wives should submit themselves to their own husbands, not that wives should submit themselves to all men, but only their own husbands. And then Peter gives a reason. He says, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. And so Peter is saying that actually through demonstrating submission to her husband, a godly wife can win them over to the Lord to salvation by their behavior. And it says specifically, not by words, not by preaching to their husbands, not by testifying to their husbands, but by their godly behavior, that the husband be so moved by the change in their wives and the behavior of their wives, that they will desire to submit their lives to the same Lord Jesus Christ that the wives serve. And so I think this is a very important text. My own mother spent her life silently witnessing to my father, who in her case, my mom's case, my father became a believer about 10 years after they got married, but he was a nominal believer. My mom was a much more committed believer than my father, but she always submitted her life to my father, and um, without words, she let her behavior speak for herself. And the net result was, toward the end of their lives, my father became much more interested in the things of God, began to live a much more godly life, and the end of their marital relationship was much more fruitful and Christ-centered than at any other time during their marriage. And the primary reason was because of my mom's godly behavior and, uh, of course, the, the power of the Holy Spirit operating in and through her to touch my dad. So my dad saw the purity and reverence of my mom's life, and it affected him deeply. And in due course of time, uh, he was won over to a deeper relationship with the Lord. And then Peter gives some instructions for husbands that don't appear anywhere else in the Bible. And you men out there that consider yourselves Christians, if you're married, I want you to pay special attention to what I'm about to say. Verse 7, we read, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Now, that's all well and good. Be considerate. That makes sense. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, that's different, because the implication is here that if you do not treat your wife with respect, that if you do not treat her as a co-heir of Christ, if you do not treat her in a way that God approves of, then the Lord's not even going to hear your prayers. And so let me put it a different way. It mentions specifically that the wife is the weaker partner and that we're to respect them in the Lord. What this means, fellas, is we may be bigger and stronger and more physically able to get our way in a marriage, but if we use that uh, physical difference to get our own way, or emotional difference to get our own way, then the Lord's not going to hear our prayers. Now, I'm not talking about sexually mistreating your wife. I'm talking about you telling your wife, I'm the head of the household, I'll do whatever I want. 
this is the kind of behavior that sometimes you see in Christian men saying, you know, the Bible says wives submit to your own husbands. That's true. But it also says husbands treat your wives like Jesus treated the church. And how did Jesus treat the church? He died for the church. He served the church. He lived to take care of the church, and we are to do the same thing with our wives. But here Peter warns us, fellas, and speaks to me as well as a husband. If we mistreat our wives physically, emotionally, uh, or in any way by either buying things they don't want us to buy or doing things they don't want us to do, going places they don't want us to go, any you just make a list that our very prayers before God will be hindered if we treat them this way because we're stronger and we're able to get away with it in the natural, in the flesh. You may get away with it in the flesh, but you're not getting away with it in the spirit. And so this is actually a higher standard for husbands than for wives. And I I want to caution all, all husbands, and again, I am one, that we're held to this higher standard. Peter goes on to give some instructions that are applicable to both husbands and wives. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, those instructions I just read, friends, are applicable to you as a Christian. Whether your spouse lives by those standards or not, it doesn't matter. If you claim to be a Christian, you have to live by these standards. And so, as Christians, husbands or wives, we must be sympathetic towards our spouse. We must love one another. We must be compassionate and humble. We must not repay evil behavior or insults with insults. We must not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And so it doesn't matter how your spouse behaves before God. It does. But as far as your response, the Lord is concerned that you respond in love, that you respond in compassion and humility, that you respond by speaking good whenever insults are hurled your way, that you repay evil from your spouse with blessing. And the Bible gives us this standard, both the husbands and wives, so we are mutually called to live in harmony, to live Christ-like lives toward one another. And in doing this, we'll have a wonderful marriage, but we'll also live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Verse 15, we read that we should always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks about our faith, our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. This means that at a moment's notice, you should be able to explain to somebody why uh, you are how you are, you know, who you who you serve, how you got that way, why you became a Christian. You don't need a degree from a seminary to do this. You just need to tell your story. Always be willing to share your faith from your own perspective, not from a pulpit, you know, not from a three-point sermon, but just your own story from your own words. Always be prepared to share. The Bible says that Jesus died for you to bring you near in verse 18. In other words, it wasn't just to keep us out of hell. It was to draw him near to himself and to his Father. He went through what he went through to draw us near. In the last part of this chapter, it speaks of the, the days of Noah and the water of the flood, and that Noah was saved in the waters of the flood, and that this was symbolic of baptism. First Peter says that baptism saves us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, friends, our baptism is significant in that it symbolizes a death, burial, and resurrection. 
It symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You go down into the waters of baptism as an old creation. You're buried with Christ in the waters of baptism, and you come up a new creation in Christ. And so baptism is much more than a symbolic act. It's a spiritual fulfillment of the promises of God contained in the Scriptures, both Old Testament and New. In that perspective, we identify with the resurrection of Christ in our baptism. We identify, we make a public declaration of faith in our baptism. Water baptism is very important. And if you've never been water baptized, I commend you to do so, uh, to go to a Bible-believing church and be baptized. Come to our church. Go to any church that believes in Christ, teaches the Bible, and baptizes. Lord, I just commit this um, uh, this reading to you and this brief teaching to you. I ask you, Lord, that each of the listeners would be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks why they serve you as Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.